Hello and good afternoon. I'm your host today, Avner Velsky, and we are back with another episode on Avner Sports Throwdown. Today, I have a very special guest with me. Please welcome Mr. Brandon Robinson, or you might know him as Scoop B, who's a sports writer and NBA insider slash host for Valley Sports Network. Thank you so much, Mr. Robinson, for joining me on my podcast today. So let's begin. First question is, how did you first get drawn into the sports media world, and at what age did you start contributing to it? Um... I got drawn into sports since I was born. Um, my family uh, ran and operated uh, two shoe stores, a sneaker store and a men's shoe store in Harlem. Uh, and basically, um, you know, by the time I was born, we would do sneaker releases with athletes like Hakeem Olajuwon, Dominique Wilkins. And, um, you know, that kind of got me into it. I've been around athletes, celebrities, most of my life. Um, and then also I had an uncle uh, who ran a basketball league in New York City called Citywide. And, uh, you know, so as a child, I'd be around him as, as he was the commissioner of the league. And uh, some of the greats that came out of New York City uh, knew my uncle well, Stephon Marbury, Kenny Smith, Rod Strickland, Mark Jackson, Bernard King. Um, and just just being around the game from a grassroots perspective, uh, whether it's through Citywide or through Riverside or rather through Rucker Park. Uh, those were the foundations. And, um, you know, my first big break came uh, as a kid at 12 years old, hosting a radio show called Net Slam and Planet. And uh, I co-hosted it with Albert King, former Net, as well as uh, radio personality Evan Roberts over at WFAN now. So uh, just kind of marrying all of those things together. And, you know, Michael Jordan is the reason why I love basketball. My stepdad's from Chicago and uh, he turned on the TV and here a bald head guy named Michael Jordan was on my, on my television and I was hooked ever since. That's awesome. And getting that exposure at such a young age is incredible. And you said that you hosted your own show at 12 years old and you co-hosted with an, an ex NBA player. Yes. Wow. That's incredible. Do you think uh, having the exposure to all these, like, I guess, celebrities and NBA players help uh, helped you be more, I guess, outspoken and have more of a voice in the sports media world when your time came? Yeah, I think I think that's an accurate assessment. Um, but I always think that I've been myself, you know, even before that came along. I think um, just I'm a product of my environment. But at the same time, uh, I just recognize uh, the need to just be me. You can't lose when you're yourself. And, um, you know, I, I think that not just co-hosting radio, but also being in spaces and locker rooms and uh, at a young age uh, was just reps. Uh, I remember, you know, being in the locker room with uh, Michael Jordan during the last dance era Bulls and being around Carl Malone, being around Reggie Miller, Sean Kemp, Gary Payton, all those guys. Um, and then, you know, sharing spaces with, uh, Chris Broussard when he was at the New York Times and, you know, Woj when he was at um, the Bergen Record and Stephen A. Smith at the Philadelphia Inquirer at the time while they were on the come up. If they feel old, um, I, I feel old myself. But uh, <laughs> just those opportunities early on definitely were a blessing. Now, you mentioned uh, Michael Jordan in The Last Dance. Can you tell me about being in that locker room environment with him? It was cool. I, I, I it, it was one of those out-of-body experiences where – I'm, I'm, I was at the old Meadowlands uh, in New Jersey, and 
walking in that locker room and there's like a room where um, you're not supposed to be in there, but I was young and I was a kid, so I can kind of move around. He was in there with Phil Jackson and Tex Winter and I opened the door and there he was. He was in his warmups and I looked up and he looked at me and he smiled. And uh, I was probably one of the few times in life I was speechless. And uh, it was pretty, pretty out of body experience. I hear everybody tell the story about the fact that they see Michael and it's like, I don't like to be blasphemous and make God comparisons at all. Um, but it, it felt like, you know, like, why aren't you when you're in my TV? It, it just felt weird. You know, he had on the Jordans. He was smiling. He was popping his gum. And, um, you know, it, it was just a cool experience at that point. And I didn't know that I would, myself was a part of history because of the last dance, um, which, you know, we, we now know that era with Scottie Pippen and Dennis Rodman to have significant meaning. So, um, you know, Dennis was in that locker room. Um, and, and it was pretty cool. Luke Longley gave me a pair of his sneakers. Um, it really was a rewarding experience to be around that Bulls team during that season. That's incredible. And to do that and accomplish that at such a young age is just out of this world. Um, so the next question is, so you've been lucky enough to have the, opportun the opportunity to speak with many celebrities uh, and athletes on your podcast. You've talked with like Alan Iverson Charles Barkley, Matt Barnes, and a ton more. Can you tell me what one of your favorite interviews were and what made it such a great interview? And can you tell me one crazy story that happened uh, that one of your interviews shared with you? Um, probably one of my favorite interviews was, was none of the people that you mentioned uh, on the podcast, Scoopy Radio. Um, the interview that I enjoyed a lot was the interview with uh, the rapper Too Short. And I asked him about... Um, I asked him about the blow the whistle song. Uh, he said that Jay-Z had uh, gotten his permission to uh, sample that verse or sample that the, the instrumental uh, and a remake that he did uh, where he basically said that he believes Jay Lord used that to, to get LeBron to come to the Nets back in Jersey. And, um, he used it as a diss track against Gilbert Arenas uh, and some of the other members of the Wizards during uh, the playoffs uh, that season. And, um, you know, that whole luring LeBron thing was was something that the blogs ran with. It, it ran everywhere. Um, that interview, as well as uh, Kenny Smith coming on Scoopy Radio and discussing um, the Houston Rockets. And he said that if Michael Jordan hadn't retired and the Bulls had they met the Rockets in the finals, though, when when the Rockets won those two championships, he said they would have beat the Rockets would have beat the Bulls. No question. And, uh, that, you know, that made its way everywhere, made its rounds media wise. So, you know, those interviews, I definitely hold dear to my heart, particularly because Scoopy Radio, we really created that uh, out of a out of a Timberland shoebox. We had a collection of tapes that we digitized and. Uh, and then I ended up creating newer episodes and, um, you know, the, the newer episodes without sponsors at first um, and and more are something I hold dear to my heart because me and my business partner, DJ Maniel, we really put our blood, sweat and tears into it and, um, you know, independently produced that. So um, I think that any interviews that we've done that have, you know, hit the blogs and have just, you know, been been. Uh, created strictly from our passion and our, us, us wanting our stories to be told are things that I, that I definitely, um, you know, I, I definitely take great pride in. That's amazing. And 
to have the opportunity to speak with all these people and have even having the opportunity to hear about like those quote unquote limited edition stories from like rappers like Too Short or just great athletes is incredible. Um, so next question is, you've covered a lot of events in your career so far. So what's been your favorite event and your least favorite event and why? Um, I don't know that I have a, a, a one favorite event. I'll just say that I, I like how I've been able to cultivate relationships wherever I've gone and then use that um, to actually build solid relationships. And maybe that turns into an interview. Um, I, I think, you know. If, if you if you do your research on me or if 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 if, if I'm noteworthy or noteworthy enough, you you've seen and you've seen me sit courtside at games and you know that that's that's not something that happens every day. So um, I like I like going to events where you know it, it mixes my lifestyle and my interests as well as my work. Um, least favorite event. I don't know that I necessarily have one, and I'm not saying that just because I want to make it all positive. I enjoy what I do. I have fun with what I do. And uh, I can't think of anything not positive right now. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, it doesn't always have to, it doesn't always have to be a bad, I mean, when you've had a career like yours, I mean, I can't imagine that there's going to be too much bad in that. So that's really great. Um, so the next question is, can you tell my audience and me what your first job was out of college and how you kind of climbed up the ladder in your industry? Um, when I finished undergrad, uh, I had two jobs. Uh, I worked um, at a Victoria's Secret working stock and on the sales floor. Um, and I did that actually it was a job that I was working while I was like on spring breaks and winter breaks. And then I still had the job available, um, you know, when I graduated. And then when I graduated, I was also working um, at a, uh, I, I worked commission uh, at this place called um, Click Kitchen, which basically was a little bit before apps were like it like so basically i would make cold i would cold call all day and get people to make appointments um with uh, the company that were chefs so if you were a chef and you were ordering i guess you would consider back of the house like if you needed eggs or you needed flour you, you would kind of purchase it through an app and you would um you would go to Click Kitchen if you were interested. So my job was to convince those people on the phone to want to make an appointment and see if that's what they wanted to do. So those are my two jobs: selling, selling bra and panties at Victoria's Secret, <laughs> and and selling and getting trying to convince chefs to to purchase Click Kitchen. Um, and then I went to grad school. And then after I finished there, um, I, I had a series of jobs. I, I, at one point, I think I, I freelanced at close to ten to thirteen different publications. Um, all over New York and New Jersey, um, anything from uh, the the West Orange Chronicle, West Orange New Jersey Chronicle newspaper, East Orange Record newspaper, Slam Magazine, um, uh, and and Brooklyn Courier, Queens Times Ledger. I remember like filing stories for like I, I think it's been a while, but I think about twenty five to thirty five per story. I can't remember the exact amount. Um, but basically that's where I built relationships with people. Um, I remember a point where I was working for a, a day 
a day job at like with these production companies where basically they would pay me to, to, to help the talent or I was working for doing a day's work with Norval Nordisk, uh, the, the pharmaceutical company, where basically I was getting water and making sure that the talent that were in these commercials were, were getting everything straight. So yeah, man, I, I, I basketball and, and entertainment was always my interest, but I, I had to earn my keep. I also was an adjunct professor at a couple of different colleges. Um, I, I worked with the Upper Bound program at, at, at NGIT in Newark, New Jersey. Uh, I did a lot of different odd jobs. And, um, you know, I just continued to, to, to pay my dues and do what I needed to do. Um, Source Magazine, uh, The Source Magazine, hit Legendary Hip Hop Magazine, gave me an opportunity um, to write. And, uh, you know, I utilized my access and my resources to write and, and, and get things moving. And, um, I, I've just been all over the map and, you know, last few years have been very good to me and the work has begun to pay off. Yeah. I mean, like you said, ev uh, everyone has to start somewhere, whether it's, uh, starting at Victoria's secret or just starting at a entry level job. It's just, uh, it's just about where life takes you and stuff. And it ended up great for you. So that's really interesting and awesome to hear. So I know it's really early to ask this question, and the season hasn't even started, but it's always fun to ask. In your opinion, who do you think is taking on the championship next season? It's very early, um, but I, I do like as much as everyone talks about the Nets and the, and, and the Lakers, um, I, I want to see the Lakers pull it out this year, particularly because I think there's so much unfinished business um, but I also like what the Nets have done, and I don't want to sell them short. I also like what the Chicago Bulls have done quietly in the offseason, and I think they deserve more respect. But, um, yeah, those are the three th three teams that I've really been paying attention to uh, during the offseason. Yeah, those are three great teams. And, I mean, I personally think that uh, the Nets and Lakers are two strong picks because, I mean, they're two powerhouse teams. I mean, you have Kevin Durant, Harden, Kyrie on one, and then you have – Westbrook, Anthony Davis, and LeBron on the other. And I think the one thing that could stop the Lakers from possibly finding their success is uh, shooting threes and stuff because they're not particularly strong in that department. What What do you think are the two weaknesses for each team, each of those teams? The Nets and the Lakers? Yeah. Um. I think for the Nets, it's going to come down to, if we're talking weaknesses, probably just, I think, conditioning on the side of, of Harden from last season. It, it kind of reared its ugly head uh, when it came down to uh, the playoffs against the Bucs. Um, and I think injuries are, are, are were definitely due to just – the remnants of the bubble, the condensed season and more. Um, and hopefully that won't be an issue this coming season. Um, and I, I also think for the Nets, um, just bottling up all of that talent uh, on one roster uh, and, and, and getting it all together to, to, to be uh, uniform in, in their approach. And I think the same can be said about the Lakers. Got a lot of all stars, a lot of future Hall of Famers on that team, um, and I think it's all putting it together. Um, and I think that LeBron and Anthony Davis being healthy uh, this coming season, I think that uh, I hope that that's that's that really champions them, literally, um, because I think that last season 
the remnants of the bubble. They ran out of gas. Um, and then I think the other thing is um, just how you get Rondo and, and Russell Westbrook and, 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 and Dwight Howard and all those other guys on the same page. I mean, they, they're, they're all great players. They all are well-conditioned. And I just think that um, it's just put bringing it all together. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. And now, what about the Bucks? I mean, the reigning champions, I mean, Giannis is coming off of an incredible finals performance and just regular season performance. And then he has uh, his two backups. What do you think about them? I think they surprised a lot of people this past season because everybody was paying attention to the Sixers and everybody was paying attention to the Nets and the Lakers. And um, I'm glad to see them get that championship uh, because I think they got a monkey off their back, particularly because I think the, the Miami Heat, um, the season before last, uh, the bubble was made or the bubble, the conditions in the bubble were to their advantage. And I, I just think that the Bucks were underestimated and who's to say that they can't repeat. So, but I also think nobody gave them a chance this past year just because everybody wanted to see Chris Paul uh, finally get that coveted championship that he still hasn't won yet. So, you know, I, I think the Bucks, you, they're still the champs. To be the champs, you got to beat the champs. So, you know, they have they have as much of a chance um, as anybody in the East. And, and so do the Miami Heat. I didn't talk much about them. You know, getting Kyle Lowry, adding to that that potent roster uh, with Jimmy Butler um, and Bam Adebayo. I, I think the East is, is very highly competitive, and it's going to be a dogfight this year. I totally agree. Now, what about this? So there's been a huge debate around this. I'm interested to see what you think. Do you think a healthy LeBron is better than Giannis right now? Or do you think he's passing the crown down to Giannis as of this past season? I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm not sure. I I, I I get that. What'd you say? I said, I get that. I'm not sure. I I just think that... I think those are talking points um, that are that are the fans argument. But at the same time, I enjoy hearing them. I think when you look at Giannis Antetokounmpo, um, what I like about his game uh, is the fact that he's legitimately um, is a mix between uh, Dirk and LeBron. Uh, as 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 far as his skill set, with a with a with a with a splash of 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 um. And I, a splash of Ben Simmons. Um, All right. I, I think that right now LeBron is not focused on uh, being the best player in the world. Those are individual mantras or, or accolades. He's, he's he's really looking to submit his, his 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 legacy as it relates to you know closing his career. Giannis is is now at a point in his career where he's now opening the floodgates to potentially win more. Um, but they're just, it's, they're just at different age brackets where, you know, that stuff may matter to him more than it may matter to LeBron. Exactly. And yeah, I agree with you there. And it's honestly, like you said, they're both one starting their career, basically are starting to be one of the best players in the league. And maybe uh, he might go down as the best player, one of the best players in history and one's closing his career. And like you said, uh, submitting his legacy. So they're in two different stages. So it's hard to compare. Um, so the next question is, so I know what you, I, I know you love what you do, as you said earlier, and you're basically living every sports journalist uh, dream. 
But was there anything else you ever wanted to do in life before journalism or maybe you still plan to do in the future? Um, I like hip hop. And, um, you know, my time at The Source magazine definitely gave me the opportunity to interview rap artists that were indie as well as, you know, major recording artists. I think that I've been able to kind of um, bridge the gap between sports, lifestyle, culture, you know, even video games and food and things of that sort. So um, if there's anything else, um, I can't think of anything right now, but we're always evolving and we're always changing. So I'm sure that there may be some things later on that I may want to do down the line. I've been able to, you know, lecture on a, on the academic college level. So, um, and it still had everything to do with career. So I, I'm, I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely open, but right now my focus is definitely basketball and culture still. For sure. Would you consider yourself like a sneakerhead or like a card collector or like any interesting hobbies? Like, I don't know, street fashion, something like that. Any well, interesting hobbies? Well, I love fashion. Um, I, growing up in, in, a, in a family that owned a sneaker store, um, I, I definitely have always been around sneakers. I, I wouldn't say I'm a sneakerhead. I, I do have a pretty cool collection, but I have an appreciation for uh, for shoes, not just sneakers, shoes. Um, and growing up, I did have a, a big sports collection as well as other memorabilia that I picked up along the way being around the Nets and, and other NBA teams as well. That's awesome. And yeah, having having hobbies outside of like your main professions, always fun too. So uh, this is the last question interview. So I usually like ending my interviews off like this. If you have one piece of advice to give to young aspiring athletes or journalists or just my audience in general, what would that be? Be yourself. Everybody else is already taken. I think a lot of times, you know, it's cool to emulate those you look up to, but you got to create your own sense of style too, because um, like that's authentic. That's authentic to you. Um, and I, and I think that that's so important. So just create your own style. Don't be afraid to be different um, and, and enjoy the process along the way. Well, thank you so much for that. I'm sure my audience will appreciate that as well. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Robinson, for joining me on my podcast today. It was truly an honor and a pleasure having the opportunity to learn about your journalism career as Abner Belsky interviewing Brendan Robinson, who's an NBA insider.